Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. How's everybody doing? It's good, good to be together. Like, it's really good to be together. We used there used to be something you say, like, how's it going? How's it going? No, how, really, how's it going? But no, really, it's good to be together. Not just it's good to be together. It's really good. To... Okay, I'm making that point, right? So, uh, yeah, go ahead and open your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, uh, excuse me, 7. I know where we're at. Mark chapter 7, and I want to thank Lindy Pinkston for preaching last week. Just bringing the word and uh it was on mother's day but it was for everybody so it was a great great word if you haven't listened to that i really encourage you to go back and check it out i mean it really is a anointed word for us and uh, really important um and i really appreciate aaron uh this this morning leading uh, uh the old vineyard song and now i, I leaned over to kim and i said i bet there's some of our young folks that don't even know that song you know that's like an oldie uh but goodie and um really anointed anointed one <laughs> anointed song okay mark chapter seven so you know the, i'm calling this the jesus challenge because there's a number of things that are challenging in this passage so jesus it's it, you know sometimes it's just it's it's warm sometimes it's more challenging and i think this is one of those those passages where we get challenged by what the kingdom of God coming into our lives, it means change. We don't get to stay the same. We don't get to everything just be, I'm already there. It actually, the reign of God and heaven breaking into our lives means that things have to go and things have to change. Attitudes have to change. Ways we've been thinking about stuff. There's, there's, a, there's always a, you know, we're, it's like we're flying and, and we drift and there's, there's room for a mid-course correction for everybody, everybody. So that's, today's one of those, today's one of those days. There's going to be an opportunity to, for, to hear that invitation of Jesus in a fresh way, to repent. You know, it's not just, okay, good idea. No, it's a, it's a call to repent, to actually change our thinking and get in line with Jesus, to, to obey and to follow him. So first of all, there's a couple thoughts about context that I think will help us on this passage. And one of them is that he, this gospel, Mark's gospel, was written, scholars believe, into the church situation, first of all, in Rome, which was a divided church. You guys remember in 49 AD, the Jews had been evicted from Rome, and they were gone for several years, and then they started coming back into a primarily Gentile church. And so when Romans is written in 55, this is probably written in 65, but when Romans is written, it's not just a doctrinal systematic theology, it's written into a divided church and Paul's trying to help them out. He's like, you start seeing the climax of Romans as you get into those later chapters and realize, will you guys get along together? Stop holding up your preferences over everybody else. Love each other. Don't split up the church for the sake of your food preferences. So, and, and those things, the, this purity stuff, even we're getting into that today, food laws, purity laws, all that stuff is very important doctrinally to the Jews. So that's the context. Even these, these passages here that we're going to read about Jesus declaring all foods clean, 
is a huge, it's epic, you know, it's, it's epic in theology and in history. And so that's kind of some of the context. And, and you get some of that even at the beginning of Mark chapter 7, when there's a parenthetical explanation about uh, washings. You know, that parenthetical explanation is there because Jew, excuse me, Gentiles are in the audience that's receiving this. They didn't know what all the Jew- Jewish ceremonial washings were, so they needed that explanation. We'll get to that in just a second. And so then part of the story, then the context also is this story, this ongoing story, chapter after chapter that Mark's been telling. And it starts off right there at the beginning, the announcement about the gospel, and then heaven's torn open. And it's like what we're seeing in Jesus is heaven breaking in. Heaven's torn open, the blessing of the Father, Son, Spirit, there together, triunity in persons and oneness. And then Jesus goes out announcing the kingdom of God, the, the gospel, the good news about the kingdom. The time has come. The, the gospel, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And so then everything we're reading is gospel. That's why it's called Mark's gospel. And, and so what we're trying to do in this series is go, we're sent in the way of Jesus and we want to learn to walk in the way of Jesus, to be little Jesuses, and has, have his life seen in and through us, right? Does that help on context? So Jesus is going around embodying, displaying, demonstrating the kingdom, and that's what we're called to do as well, to be changed, but then to express and embody and demonstrate and explain the kingdom. And I would say that is very relevant for today. 2021. That's very relevant for our culture. That's very relevant for this moment, this cultural moment that we find ourselves in that is so divided. And we need this message about Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And there's so many things that, you know, it's kind of not practical. You know, I want the messages to always be practical, but there's part of the kingdom of God that's, that's not. It's upside down. It's inside out. It, it's like, well, is that going to work for everybody to be together? Is that going to work to love our enemies and to not do violence against them? Is that really practical in today's world? You know, and so that's the kingdom of God coming. We need the love of God breaking in through us. We need the removing of barriers. We need the church of Jesus Christ living out this one multi-ethnic people that we're called to be around the world. And when we have opportunities like we do in Fort Worth in all of our diversity to actually express it here, then Lord, help us. We want to do that by God's grace. And, you know, it's the stuff that people have been dealing with since there have been people in the fall, you know, that people do. Selfish, self-righteous, me first, ethnocentric ways of thinking about life and all, all kind of filtered through the fall. But if you've ever felt excluded or left out or put down, then this, this message has something for you. Or if you've ever been on the other side of that, where you've excluded others or put others down, um, seen yourself at the center and kind of me and us, and others kind of less than, then this message is for you too. And, and just so everybody knows, it's everybody. Because we're all fallen. And we've all 
oppressed and been oppressed, and we've all done things to others. We've all hurt others. We've all been hurt. And so that's, that's why it's so uh, relevant. I mean, it, it really is. Um, ever thought, you know, your group was the most right group of all? Anybody? A couple, at least a couple smiles. There's one back there, full, full hand raised. Um, you know, and this chapter touches on something that um, we don't use this language a lot, but, but it's, it's, in the, it's in the mix. And that's clean and unclean. And we don't say they're unclean, but it's in the mix of the way we think about things. And so it's, it's an important thing. I've got a friend out in Abilene, uh, Richard Beck, who wrote a book called Unclean. And I would encourage you to, to give, that, give that book a shot. And he's, he's highlighting some things that there is a, a disgust factor in us all that there's just things that are disgusting. Oh, that's disgusting. But when we do that with people, it's, it's not good. So, so like, I'm swallowing my saliva all day long. You are too. Just something, <laughs> it's something we do, you know? But if you spit, spit into a cup and then somebody says, now swallow it again, you're like, oh, you know, I think I'm going <laughs> to pass. That has, now, that has now become unclean. And it's, it's disgusting to us. And I can give all kinds of other examples. Kim was like, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. <laughs> so the, the filter, for the most part, is, is now on. But, but I just, I'm trying to pull us in here a little bit to go, but when we do that with people, when we do that with people groups or people that aren't like us or, you know, man, I mean, even in the church, even in different branches of the church, you know, people that are saying Jesus is Lord, Jesus died on the cross for my sins, he's raised on the third day by the power of God, he's coming again, you know, but I disagree with you on X doctrine over here, could be food laws or purity laws, that doesn't relate so much to us, but now worship things, that relates more to us. Different views of sovereignty of God and things people have been dividing over for five centuries, like intensely, you know, that relates more to us, you know, and so just, I want to just throw this out that Jesus is maybe saying in this passage that we should love each other. Even when we're different from each other, he's going to go on later in Mark and say, you know, if they're not against us, ooh, they're for us. And we don't get off the hook from loving people because we differ from them doctrinally. So we don't get off the hook from loving people. And that's, that's really, if you don't get anything else I say today, get that. But I do have a main thing, so I, I, let's put this up. <laughs> And God wants us to align our traditions, hearts, relationships, and entire lives to Jesus and the kingdom of God. So Jesus is going to, you know, in the end, what we're looking for is transformation. Life, whole life, entire lives being transformed and where we actually see and hear. He actually finishes, and I'm not going to say much about this, but just he's going to finish with a healing of a deaf and mute guy that it's like very prophetic for us. Oh, that we would see and hear, that we would really see and hear, not just go through the motions, but really see and hear. So let's look at this first one. Jesus will challenge our traditions. 
Here we go, verse 1. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed, parentheses. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. They observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups and pitchers and kettles, in parentheses. That's the explanation part. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? And Jesus replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Yet, uh, excuse me, you let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. Moses said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father and mother is to be put to death. But you say, if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corban, that is devoted to God, that's what that word means, devoted to God, then you no longer have to let, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your traditions that you have handed down, and you do many things like that. So what I want to get to on this particular passage here is there's a tension between the traditions and the commands, the traditions and the law, the traditions and the scriptures is the way we would say that. There's a, there's a tension there. And underlying where Jesus is going with this is honor your father and mother. You've kind of put aside honor your father and mother, which is as all of the law is summed up in what? Love. It's about loving people. So that's what you said. You've set aside love, and specifically those closest to you who brought you into the world, you've set aside love in order to do this tradition that you have about ceremonial washings, which wasn't commanded in the first place. And so you've set aside the important thing. And so they'd come up with a tradition and a way of, and they were just, what they were trying to do was create boundaries to protect themselves to protect the Jewish identity, to protect who they were as Jews. And so they would set up kind of barriers around that to make sure that, that they were okay and that they would be a nation. And ultimately, the Pharisees wanted to usher in the coming of the Messiah through their fulfilling and keeping of the law, which is ironic because the Messiah is standing in front of them and they miss him and they're accusing him of stuff that's related to their traditions. It's kind of... It's kind of mind-boggling, but that's what's going on here. And just not all traditions are bad, right? I mean, some traditions are really good and really helpful. Uh, you know, we had a tradition for a long time of eating steak on Christmas Eve. We've been doing that for years and years and rush home after the thing and I throw the steaks on and, and uh, it's a little harder with the twins, um, but that's a good tradition. Um, we have a tr- had a tradition um, we haven't, well, Kim and I did it last, this last year, actually. So for years and years, when we were heading on vacation, going down to Garner State Park, camping down there, and uh, we go through Glen Rose, and you go across the mountain thing, and then you turn on 220 heading toward Heiko. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And right there, we put on a Plank Eye song. 
it just means vacation is on officially now. Um, Plank Eye fans might be able to pick that one up. I don't know. You say now, you're sorry. I need to move on. Um, so we got good traditions. There's some traditions that are, that are good, right? And, uh, but do we have traditions? Here's my question. Do we have traditions or interpretations that allow us to be free from loving other people? And I think just, that's just the, the thing I've just been kind of rocked by as I, I've looked at this. You know, whether it's the church, we talked about that, some of that earlier but, and I would say, it's better to have right doctrines than wrong doctrines. Amen. I want to go on record, going on record as saying that. It's better to have right doctrines than wrong doctrines. But it is death to try to get life from being right. Yes. It, will, it will kill you if your identity is just kind of rooted in I'm right. I'm right. I'm the most. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm the rightest one of all. And it leads to pride. And it, and it really hinders our ability to love other people who don't think just like us. And, you know, man, everybody's not going to think just like us. Everybody's not going to look just like us. Everybody's not going to sound like Everybody's not going to have the same experiences. And, yeah, it, it will cause us to miss the Lord. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far, far from me. Um, yeah, you know, so um, th- there's so many examples I could give. Just I, I think in the church, it's easiest to see because there's churches that have split and new denominations formed and all that kind of stuff. If you follow, if you follow church history, you, you realize that. And the difference is, are they at the core of the core of the core? No, they're really not. Everybody's Jesus is Lord, trying to follow him. But they, what happens is people stick other stuff, opinions, do, important doctrinal things, but they stick them down in that core. And then if you're not in that core, and the, the core gets bigger and bigger, but it's opinion stuff. And so it makes the church divided. And we could go through so many different nuances of atonement theories or all different kinds of things that are important to have good theological, solid beliefs about, but you just can't stick it all in the middle. You know, there, there really are Romans 14 kinds of things. I mean, this stuff that they're arguing about here is very important to churches as they were forming along multi-ethnic lines between Jews and Gentiles. It's really, was a, was a big deal. And just to make it practical right now, I, I, this is, uh, I've had these conversations in the lobby, in the old auditorium, somebody saying they'd watched uh, something online and come to me with a concern, seen something online about some of the major worship movements in the body of Christ right now. I mean, like people worshiping God around the world because of these movements. I'm not going to say what they are, you just pick them but then dogging those movements because of some nuance of doctrine. And just think about it like this, like Jesus Christ is getting praised, he's being praised by millions and millions of people, God being given glory and worshiped and praised 
but somebody disagrees with the nuance of their doctrine, and so they're trying to put the whole thing down. I remember Jack Deere years ago saying, talking about healing, somebody being healed and people giving praise and glory to God for a, a healing, and then people coming in and saying, no, you see, healing doesn't actually happen today. And in that process, they're robbing God from getting glory from the people that are giving him praise and glory. And so just, I mean, even just that as a, as a nuance of how to, like, don't be against things that give God glory. Let's, let's, let's just, you know, like, that's when a tradition, an interpretation, a perspective, an opinion about doctrine then is leading us off in a ditch. And, and divides the body of Christ. It's not worth it. Divide the body of Christ. Like, that's one of the main, that's Jesus' last concern on earth, you know, before the cross, is, is Lord, keep them one. Make them one. So that's, you guys know, that's my, you know, you know, he could just as well have said, you divide the body of Christ for the sake of your traditions. You know, and it's like, it's missing it. So Jesus will challenge our traditions. And the positive answer to that is keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep submitting to the kingdom of God and let our hearts be dealt with, which is the next piece there. Jesus will challenge our hearts. Let's read some more. Verse 14. Again, Jesus called the crowd and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples came and asked him about this parable. Are you so dull? He asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't... It, for it doesn't go into their heart, but it goes into their stomach and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. Wow, that's huge. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. So, so now, you know, we're talking about here a massive change to the way that the Jews had thought about the law, the way it had been given to them, the way it had been interpreted, the way that God had given them, you know, the, the purity laws and the, the food laws, all of this stuff. And it was such, a, it was such a, a defining part of who they were. It was meant to be that. It was meant to mark them off. From the nations. And so this huge thing, and Jesus is saying, hey, that's not it. It's not what comes in on the outside. It's not the outside. It's the inside of us, that we are being shaped by what's happening in our hearts, you know? And so that is this, this, this huge, uh, you know, piece that we're supposed to be uh, dealing with. And so, uh, you know, what manifests as something really bad, murder, adultery, it all started as something internal. It started as anger. It started as lust. It started in the heart. It started with a desire that got out of bounds. You know, a lot of those desire God's given us desires. And desire in and of itself is not wrong. It's when it gets, it goes out of those bounds. And so 
what he is ultimately, he's not going to answer all of this right now, but what he wants to give us, what the new covenant is about is a new heart. And he wants us to live by his life in union life with him, that we die with him and that we are raised with him, that we are now connected to him and that Christ in us together as the people of God is the hope of glory. It's, it's, I've been crucified with Christ. Like that's not for super Christians. That's the truth. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I I can't do it, you know, and I want to just encourage anybody that feels conviction about this passage, which is it's actually everybody. It it gives us a a level playing field, right? We're we're all in the same, we're all in the same boat. Our hearts are deceitful and we're broken and we need a new heart. We need a new life. And so when we sin and blow it, what do we do? Brother Lawrence, help me out on this, is to say, Lord, apart from you, I can't do any better. Thank you for the blood of Jesus and turn back to him and follow him. Okay, there's a way forward. It's not, all that's not in the passage, but I know when we read that, it's this internal thing that's like, oh man, conviction. You know, conviction for me this past week, multiple areas. You know, just it's we're in this together and we need Jesus and praise God, you know, getting on ahead in the story. He's done it all, you know, and it's just wonderful, wonderful good news. And uh, yeah, so there's a great tension there. And again, it's 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 the tradition, the scriptures. It now it's the inside and the outside. And one more time on this next one, it's them and us. So this next one here is Jesus challenges our relationships. Look at verse 24. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, and yet he could not keep his presence secret. I hadn't noticed that before. Wouldn't you? Come on, just, just pray that phrase right there, his presence. Couldn't keep it a secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia, and she begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Okay, wow. So, so uh, man, there's a lot being challenged here in this one chapter. I want us to see this. I mean, a lot is being challenged there. If you think about Jews, so the Jews and Gentiles are together in the Roman church, and all that Jew-Gentile stuff you see throughout the whole New Testament is about ethnicities coming together and living together in unity in the church. Like this is, this is a gigantic, big, huge deal. And so the Jews even called Gentiles dogs. So there's definitely, there's definitely an us-them mentality going on here. And Jesus, it's not a, it's not a matter of loving her or not. He is, he is living out a story and we're catching that story in process. We know that the gospel is for all nations. But right now, he's at this point in the story where he's going, I'm, 
I'm fulfilling my calling to Israel, and he's going to call them all to all the nations, to go to all the nations after he's resurrected from the dead. But we're, where we're at in this story, but he's even then, it's like, oh, for a response like that, she's set free. And he does many other things like that. He talks with the Samaritan woman. These are all foreshadowing of what's going to, where this thing's going wide and long and deep and high. The Good Samaritan, the story of the Good Samaritan, you know, puts this other guy that they hated, you know, these half-breed Samaritans, you know, it just, they weren't, they, they were kind of like them, but not fully like them, and they had worshiped idols, and the Syrians came in and all that stuff. So it's, it's uh, they were less than in, in the Jewish mind. And so that's kind of highlighting here in the middle of this chapter that's like, it's really leveling the playing field with our hearts, but also the way we think about one another. Anytime that us, them mentality starts, starts uh, creeping into our thinking, uh, ultimately, just, I, I want to just say it, it's highlighted here in Mark, ultimately, we are called to be, yeah, a multi-ethnic, multi-generational, multi-socioeconomic people that are life-giving, multiplying, Christ-manifesting, receiving the Father's love, empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? Amen. So Jesus challenges our relationships. And again, that's a miracle. We can't do it without Jesus. Default, broken, fallen human mode is you separate, you classify, you rank, and you prioritize where you fit in that process. But God's saying, hey, we're called to be one family together. The last piece there is that Jesus challenges our lives. And that's the, that's the, that's the whole life. And I just want to, what I'm highlighting there is this, in this deaf and mute healing, ifafta, he says, be opened, be opened ears and really listen. He said that earlier in the chapter, listen to me, everyone, listen to me. It's the, we're about to read it in uh, maybe chapter nine, the transfiguration. Listen to him. This is my son. Listen, listen, listen. Oh Lord, open our ears, open our mouths that we can really hear you in this time. So it's, it's everything for us, you guys. It's a whole life transformation that we're going for. Now, I'm wrapping this up. We're going to have a little ministry and just respond to the Lord. But we need this message. We need this. We need, I'm just reading through the scriptures and I'm going, wow, uh, we need this. We need this in times of political unrest in our country. We need this in times of racial unrest in our country. We need this in times of pandemic unrest in our country. I, I was reading this morning, um, and Asher, thanks for coming up, man. We're almost there. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23, this is from the message. Anybody read the message sometimes? The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church means the church is at the center of what God is doing. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts and by which he fills everything with his presence. And what we need is to come together. We need to come together 
and live life together under the headship of Jesus Christ. It's the only way we can do it. He's got the answer. And we, and all, just, I know there's, however many people are in here, how many people are worshiping online, is as many opinions as we have about things. We don't just have two opinions because there's two political parties. Yeah, I need to keep going. Um, there's a lot of filtering going on just then. There was, there was a lot of uh, a lot happening, and we we need we need each other together in the church. God really has designed the church to be the focal point of Jesus coming into the world to make things right. And it's this trajectory and story that we are living out together. And there's all kinds of criticism that we, about how we don't do it right. I get it. But we are committed still to living this vision out. With all of our differences and all the mess and the messiness... And I, you know, I could have done that better. I said, I, didn't, I said too much. I didn't say enough. And uh, all the on and on and on and on and on. But we are committed. This is a non-negotiable for us. And so my big finish here is, Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, are we believing anything that's going to that's gonna give us a pass on loving other people? Or are we believing something doctrinally with our traditions? Like, this is the way we do it. This is the way it is in this style of church or something, the traditional part that's going to hinder us from loving other people or given a a pass for not, oh, those Pakistanis, oh, those Indians or all those, you know, fill in the blank, you know, and just, Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. Does something need to change in my heart? It's an internal extra. Does something need to change about my us and them thinking? Does something need to change in my stopped up ears and my, my, my closed mouth that needs an ephaphtha be opened? Amen. So Lord, do it. Lord, do it. Lord, help us. We received the challenge this morning. Just go ahead and stand up and we're just going to just respond to the Lord here for a minute. So, Lord, I just, I, I pray that you would help us, Lord, even in just whether it's just the reading of the narrative, Lord, or some points that I've made, Lord, by your spirit, I ask now, I, I know there's connections in all different kinds of ways, things I didn't say, things that might have been implied, or just the way we receive it in our own hearts, our own needs, our own thinking, our own hearts, our own lives. Lord, is there something that needs to change? Is, is the challenge that you're bringing to us. Lord, how are you speaking? How do you want us to change? How do you want our heart to change? Lord, have mercy. Lord, just start here with us. Start at Antioch, Fort Worth. Start in our perspectives, Lord. toward the Presbyterians, toward the Lutherans, toward the Church of Christ folks, disciples of Christ, the Baptists, the Catholics, 
orthodox toward all different kinds of stripes of reformed folks yeah Lord make us to be the, the loving people that you've called us to be that we wouldn't be able to excuse ourselves from the primary mandate to love you to love one another to love those who don't know because we have a certain opinion about a doctrine however important Lord help us we love you we want to love what you love change our hearts to be like your heart begin to pray with somebody you came with close by just there's something there like just I need the Lord I need the Lord in this area I want to change in this area just views of people let's let this word shape us Lord let this word shape me let me hear this word let my words of my opened mouth be loving and not judgmental kind, fruit of the Spirit, let my heart be shaped, molded, made new, in the name of Jesus, let's just take a little time, take a few minutes, pray for each other, it's an important word, I know it's, it's got some gravity to it, just pray for each other. consider unclean you know Jesus is really touching on that and it was a challenging thing because they you know, it, it made people uh, it, it made it almost impossible to eat with whole blocks of people 
And I just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you, uh, would you uh, give us a new perspective today about people, that you love people, you, you love all people. Jesus, you have placed unsurpassable value on people all over the world because you died for them. And help us to see people that way, people that we, that, that we would otherwise see as disgusting. Uh, if we're uh, just by watching the news channels anyway, I just saw like, wow, they think the other people are disgusting and unclean. And so Lord, would you help us to love with your love? If it has, if someone has flesh and blood, then it's someone we're to love see that. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help us to live out the challenge that comes into our lives as we open up the Word of God. Help us to be, uh, just have the power by your Spirit to respond. Lord, I pray right now for the grace of God over the room and everybody that's worshiping online, I just pray the grace of God. There is grace to walk into what Jesus is calling us to walk into. There is grace to say yes to Him. There is grace to keep taking the next steps, to not just get overwhelmed and exasperated and say, I just can't, I can't do that, so I'm not going to try. He just wants you to keep taking the next step. Just keep, keep taking the next step. Just keep taking the next step. There's hope. There's always going to be hope. In the middle of whatever the crisis is, there's always hope because of Jesus. He has overcome the world, and He is leading us now and he has led us in the past, and he will lead us in the future. That's what he's doing. That's who he is. And we love and treasure Jesus today as the people of God in this place. We love you, Jesus. You are the king. Blessed be your name forever and ever. Amen. May you go as the people of God, walking with Jesus all along the way, loving him, loving his people. In Jesus' name, amen. Go. Amen. Hallelujah.